0: Coming up on today's message with Pastor Johnny. There would be other people on the other side of the the ball trying to stop us from scoring, and they'd be trying to guess what the play is. And they would be trying to call out the play themselves. Oh, they're running ragging right. Oh, they're running scissors right. Oh, they're running a post. Oh, they're running this. Oh, watch out for this. But we could not listen to what the other people said because if we listened to what the other people said, we'd be messing up our own self and our own team. So just like we couldn't listen to their word, we had to listen to the word of the coach. Just like that, we can't listen to the word of other people. We got to listen to the word of God. Oh, Lord God, King of the universe, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, Lord God, so that your people can hear a word from you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. So for the time that is ours to uh, share together, I want to talk a little bit about waiting to get in the game. Wait, Waiting to get in the game. Uh, we all know that there is a pretty big game that's going on this Sunday. And a bunch of pastors in a bunch of different places are probably trying to tie in this big game. You know, you can't say uh, that one word. Super, and then a couple more sentences later, you can't say bowl together, without you know somebody trying to sue you. And since I put all these on the internet, uh, you know, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to get in trouble, you know. So I'll just say big game too, yeah. But since everybody's trying to tie in this big game, I thought I'd, I'd get a little piece of it. Uh, uh You know, I, I, I saw, I saw a, a sign at a Methodist church that said, do you know how many times eagles are mentioned in the Bible? And it said 33, and it said that the patriots are only mentioned in the Bible zero times. (laughs) Just in case you was wondering who I'm rooting for, and and just in case you was also wondering who I'm rooting for, there happens to be a man that's the starting right guard of the Philadelphia Eagles by the name of Brandon Brooks. Uh, He happened to pledge a fraternity by the name of Kappa Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated happened to also be pledging it at the same time as somebody standing in the pulpit uh, on the summer 2015, summer 2015 line of the KS8 Cuts of the Diamond electrifying and... Let me stop. Uh, the Rock of the Line, the Tail Club, number eight. But uh, just in case you was wondering who, who, who I'm possibly rooting for. amen but waiting to get in the game we all hate waiting we can pretend like we're patient but let us be at a red light a little too long or somebody in front of us not go off not not drive off rather when the light turns green we don't like waiting uh spent a lot of time in Walmart, and I'm trying to figure out personally, since I know I have a problem waiting, why there are 85 million cash registers at the front, and only two or three people are working at the same time. We don't like waiting. We don't like waiting for creature comforts. We go to a fast food restaurant, and if the line takes, if the line is too long, we not we going past. We're going past it. Uh, if our food takes too long, we are gonna complain. There there are things that we don't like waiting. If everything is good, so imagine trying to wait on something when everything is bad. I know some of us have been uh, extremely angry trying to wait on getting a response from FEMA. When we're trying to figure out how our house is going to get paid for. I know some of us have had some trouble waiting on particular contractors to finish the work. So we don't like waiting when things are good. And we definitely don't like waiting when things are bad because we've been displaced. And because we are being displaced and things are not going good, we end up being disgusted with the current situation. We don't like Waiting and the people of God were waiting in this time period in the that the, the prophet Isaiah was talking about in the text that you heard in your hearing. That there's survivors in exile in Babylon, hundreds of miles away from home. The king is gone, the temple is torn up and in ruins. Jerusalem's walls are destroyed, and wild animals are walking around the street. Family members and friends are dead or missing. Everything that they Oh dear, when this text was being written, has been uprooted and people are mocking them. Where is your God? You thought that Yahweh, the God of your people and your ancestors, would have protected you from all of this. But it seems that the gods of the mighty pagan religions and the foreign oppressor, the the Nebuchadnezzar that's in charge, he, he must have more power than your God. Do other gods indeed control the natural world or the destiny of nations? You do remember in the text that the prophets, before we got to this point in Isaiah, they had been prophesying, if you keep messing up, bad things are going to happen. And so bad things happened to these people, and they got captured. And at the time of the text, some scholars say they had already been in exile and under captivity for almost 70 years. Can you imagine being uprooted from your home, everything that you know, everything that you hold dear, everything that you have come to love for 70 years? Can you imagine being under the oppression of an unjust government ruler? Maybe you can imagine being under the oppression of an unjust government ruler. But over and over again, the bad things kept happening. The the walls of Jerusalem being torn down, that is a horrible thing to the people of God during this time. The walls of a particular city being torn down is almost as embarrassing as being pushed out in public naked. They're exposed and now there's no animal control you can call because they've got animals roaming the streets. Everything that they've hold dear, everything that they've turned to see that was normal has been taken away. And where is God in this God forsaken land when you are grieving? Grieving. Uh, you can be found profoundly discouraged and feel weak in body and mind. And as you anguish over these things, as they anguish over these things, bitter tears are coming down their face. Yes. Uh, I can imagine that's why the author would wrote out the national anthem to the Negro people, uh, God of our weary years and God of our silent tears. Uh, things are going bad with these people. And they are wondering, where is God in all of this mess? Well, I stopped by to tell you, and just to to, to put a little bit of my own theology on it, is that God is not actively causing our sorrow. We tend to want to blame God for things that don't have anything to do with God. Uh, One of the toughest things I had to do at one point was was bury, uh, at my last appointment, a 38-year-old mother of six. Had children ranging from 19, uh, 19, 14, 13, 12, uh, 10, and 2. And the 14-year-old is getting diagnosed with high blood pressure. Because the 19-year-old and the, other, the older children have decided they don't want to really do this anymore. They, they're on and about their, their, their own lives. And so she's got to pay the bills. She's got to go get grocery. She's got to go get all these things. And so she's going through this. And one of the toughest things that, that happened with me, and it was a true test of my theology, is she wanted to know why God killed her mother. God did not kill her mother. Her mother died of an aneurysm, but we've gotten into this mindset that where we blame God for everything bad that happened, like God is actively causing these things in our lives. Sometimes the consequences of your actions, sometimes the behavior, sometimes the choices you make are the reason you end up in bad situations. But just because you end up in a bad situation doesn't mean you get to stay in a bad situation. Some of the same decisions that you can make that end you in this bad situation, you can make other decisions to get out of the bad situation. Ah, And so the, these things are going on with these people and they've made decision after decision, turning away from God and everything that they did and following the, 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 the people of the world and, and mixing up these things. And so they ended up, getting, ended up losing all that they hold dear. And they lost it for a long time. And so, and, and so the prophet Isaiah came by to tell them what they needed to do to get Right. The prophet Isaiah told them that they needed to expect some bad news, but then even though they expected some bad news, things were going to be better for them in the end. Uh, And so by the time we get to Isaiah chapter 40 he's telling them that these things are bad that have happened but I know that there's going to be a turnaround when it's all over and so it, uh, it wasn't in your reading but one of the things that he tells them is oh comfort when when Isaiah is looking for what to say God tells him to tell the people comfort your people says your God speak tenderly to them speak tenderly to their heart. So they can understand that at the opening of the chapter, uh, that, that's 40 and 1. the opening of the chapter assumes that these people are going to have a hard time understanding that they may need to wait just a little bit longer. The prophet knows that these people are overwhelmed with the circumstances. The people of God in this battle are the major underdogs and they're expected to be blown out. The images of the people are saying that they're, they're going up against, they think they are giants. They think they are like gods, lowercase g. And that is why the 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 author, the prophet, uh, 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 tells them that these, these enemies are like grasshoppers that are going to be blown away. You got to understand that when you have the creator in your back, uh, when the creator has your back, the created one doesn't have any power against them. I'll say that again. You got to understand that when the creator has your back, the created one has no power against them. Your arms are too short to box with God. All right. ah. And so there is good news on the end of this bad news that is coming around. And he lets them know that these people are like grass. Grass. Uh, and the grass will wither away. These people that you think are giants to you are like grasshoppers to our God. These people that you think are are the boss or in charge to you are nothing. They are peons when they are compared to the God of all creation, the one who is the same yesterday, today, and evermore, the one who is the creator of the universe, the one who is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. That, That is the one that they are boxing against and they are going to lose. It may look like they're winning at this time, but in the end, they're going to lose. Uh, and so it says that the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of God is forever. The word of God will stand forever. The word of God is forever. The word of God will stand forever. The word of God is forever. The word of God will stand forever. There's a reason why this book is the best-selling book of all time. There's a reason why that goes on, and the things that come and go are just fads. They're like grass, and what happens when grass grows? It gets cut down. Uh, The word constitutes the good news the awesome heavens and, 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 and everything that's happening and these kings and these emperors and these presidents and these governors and these mayors and anybody that is out there that is oppressing the people of God, they will not last. Yes. This too shall pass. Ah, the kings and the emperors and all these things, this, this Nebuchadnezzar, everybody that is oppressing these people of God they are lightweights when it comes to the awesome power of God. And it says that, 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 that the, 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 the grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of God is forever. You know, I fancied myself somewhat of a decent athlete when I was in high school and college, playing a little football, running a little track, and I always paid attention to the system. And so when it was time to play football, when you played organized football, the first thing you had to understand is how to speak the language. If you didn't understand how to speak the language, you were going to be left out when when the season moved on. Because you spoke the language, number one, so that you could communicate to one another. And not only could you communicate to one another, you could communicate uh, effectively and efficiently. And so the coach at wide receivers practice during the section, he would say, okay, I want you to run down the field six yards and turn around and look for the ball. And then he'd say, run down the field six yards and turn around and look for the ball. And then after a while, he would stop saying run down the field, turn at six yards, turn around and look for the ball. He'd say, I want you to run a hitch route. And that would be the hitch route. And then after a while, he wouldn't say a hitch route anymore. He'd say, I want you to run a number one. And running straight down the field and waiting for the ball, if you just kept going instead of stopping after 60 yards, that would be a nine route or a fade route. They had this language. If you were just to stop at the line of scrimmage and turn around and look for the ball, they said that was a zero route. And they came up with these languages so that they could understand that from here on out when he said instead of that, they would come up with a play and they would know that, okay, we're going to run a 237 pass play. That meant that the first person ran a two route, the second person ran a three, and the third person ran a seven. They didn't have time. To explain all of that in the midst of the game A play that average football play is six seconds But you had to know what was going on If you wanted to get in the game Uh, If you want to know, if you want to get in this game of life, you need to know what is going on. And so just like I needed to understand the words of the football coach, I also need to understand the word of the Lord. And because that is understanding, I got to understand that the word of the Lord that lasts forever. I got to understand and know that I can study to show thyself approved. A workman needeth not be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. I got to understand that all this scripture is inspired by God and it's for correction and rebuke. I got to understand that the word of God stands forever. And then when we got on the field, there would be other people on the other side of the the ball trying to stop us from scoring. And they'd be trying to guess what the play is. And they would be trying to call out the play themselves. Oh, they're running ragging right. Oh, they're running scissors right. Oh, they're running a post. Oh, they're running this. Oh, watch out for this. But we could not listen to what the other people said because if we listened to what the other people said, we'd be messing up our own self and our own team. So just like we couldn't listen to their word, we had to listen to the word of the coach. Just like that, we can't listen to the word of other people. We got to listen to the word of God. Uh, uh, you you got to understand when that somebody, that joker try to tell you you ain't worth nothing, you got to understand that you are the righteousness of God. When they try to put you behind, you got to understand in the word that you are the head and not the tail. When they try to step on you and say that they're higher than you, you got to understand that you are above and shall never be beneath. When they make you cry, you got to understand that weeping may endure for a night. But joy comes in the morning. you got to understand these things. And don't listen to the word of these other people, but listen to the word of God. You don't need the affirmation of that other man or that other woman. You need the word. You don't need the affirmation of your boss. You need a word. The grass withers and the flowers fade. game understand the word understanding the word will allow you to communicate these things so we understand the word of God has thou not known has thou not heard the word of God is everlasting to everlasting Uh, uh, and the issue was not the ability of God But the issue was the people's weariness. Uh, The people that were there were exhausted. And Isaiah is telling them to hold on just a little bit longer. Hold on just a little bit longer and you will catch that second wind. Hold on just a little bit longer and you are gonna make it with that other with that situation you're going through. Hold on just a little bit longer and you'll stop the weeping and realize you get the joy. Hold on just a little bit longer and you'll be able to put one foot in front of the other. You'll be able to put one step in front of the other. You'll be able to move a little faster. Hold on just a little bit longer. Isaiah is telling these people that in the midst of their troubles, in the midst of their problems, in the midst of being displaced, in the midst of being under a government that is oppressing them, in the midst of being away from everything that they love, in the midst of missing their family and friends, in the midst of being away from everything that they know, they can just hold on just a little bit longer. Uh, and I'm hearing them say, the race is not given To the swift, nor the strong, but the one who endures—the ones that usually win the game—are the ones that are the best conditioned. The ones that usually win the game are able to play the game from start to finish. They don't get in halfway and quit. They don't get in and get a lead early in in the, uh, the beginning of the game and decide that they've done enough. The ones who win the game play from start to finish. And just in case you don't know whether or not you are at the finish, take a deep breath. (sighs) If you can take a deep breath, you still got time to win. If you can take a deep breath, there's still time to go. If you can take a deep breath, there's still time to wait. Hmm. And so he told them to wait upon the Lord. And they'll mount up as wings, as eagles, and run and not be weary and walk and not flint. They were able to get that second wind. If you just hold on. Ah, uh, I'm reminded of track practice. And when we would start off in track, we would, they would run us half to death. If 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 you ran a hundred-meter dash, they'd say, okay, well, I need you to run. Four hundreds. I need you to run five hundreds and six hundreds. You ran the two hundred meter dash. Okay, well we got you. We got some eight hundreds for you, buddy. Oh, you want to run the four hundred meter dash? Okay, we are gonna have you go run some miles. And if you are on the, the cross country team or anything like that, just go a couple miles down the block and come back. That was your practice. You had to run longer and longer for the, whatever you were doing, so that you could have the endurance to hold on. That was about conditioning you for the, for, they, they had you running almost marathons in order to train for a sprint. Because it's about the discipline of building your body. The practice was not about practicing until you got it right. The practicing was about practicing over and over again until you could no longer get it wrong. Oh, do You spent that time just like that with the sports and in the game You also have to do that in life You have to keep fasting You have to keep praying You have to keep studying the word You have to keep spending time in worship You have to keep going to Bible study You have to keep meditating on the word You have to keep doing what God says You don't just do it one day and it's all over You have to do it and keep doing it And when you get tired of doing it Do it some more that is how you get better. That is how you build up the discipline. And when you feel like you're tired, when you feel like you can't hold on, just wait. Ah. Uh, and, and the thing about it that I love when I now, I didn't love it then, but I love it now. When they said, if you were tired, running track, don't lay down on the ground. Keep your head up and put Your hands above your head So that you could stretch out your lungs And catch in more air And so I think about that When it's times And there are times in trouble And there are times that I'm having in my life And there are times of distrust distrust, And being distraught And and being disgusted I can understand and wait upon the Lord And how am I going to wait I'm going to raise my hands above my head And spend this time in worship I'm going to go to the Father This is the time when you got to go back to church When things get rough You don't go away from church That is a trick of the enemy When things go down that are bad You got to spend more time in church Because that's when the breakthrough is coming So you can wait on the Lord Just wait a little longer Just wait a little longer And you'll get that second wind just wait a little longer and you're gonna fly on eagle's wings just wait a little longer and if you can't fly you can run and just wait a little longer because if you can't fly and you can't run you can still walk it out walk and not faint in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit the doors of the church are open and we invite you to come thank you for listening to this message Be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you found this message. If this message blessed you, be a blessing to someone else and share it. Connect with Pastor Johnny on Instagram and Twitter, and be sure to like Faith UMC Dickinson on Facebook.